Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. So glad that you're here with us today. Anyone super glad and excited to be at church this beautiful Sunday? Yeah, come on, tell your neighbor. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Uh, I really believe there's no better way to start your week other than by being at church, discovering more about who God is and who you are, and discover the incredible life that God has for you. Uh, Today is a special Sunday uh, because we are ending our series uh, called Blank Canvas. Can you say with me, Blank Canvas? Blank Canvas. Uh, And I really uh, pray that as we're closing this series, uh, that you would also see this series and this word create as, as something that is so important for you and your rest of in the rest of your year. I really do believe God wants for us to create an incredible life. Uh, and that's what we're doing this year. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hey, we are a church that talks a lot. Uh, so this is not only I'm going to preach, you're going to help me out today. Okay. So, so I want to encourage you to say this with me. I am creating a new life a blessed life, a peaceful life. Come on, say it like you mean it, a joyful life, a life of freedom, a life of patience, a life of generosity. This year, you are creating the best life available for you. And I'm honestly excited to see everything that God's going to do in your lives. So as we get started with today's message, I I just want to ask you a question, okay? By a show of hands, by a show of hands, who here is the favorite? You are the favorite by a show of hands. Oh, come on. A couple? Okay. Those of you who boldly raised it, that's how you know who the favorite is. Because uh, you don't even know if I'm talking job, I'm talking, you're like, I'm the favorite. You know, like, I know it. You know? Uh, when you're the favorite, there's a boldness about you. There's a confidence to you. Why? Because you just know. I'm the favorite. Half of you are like, I hate you. I have traumas that are rising up. <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing about the favorite uh, people in the room is that, yeah, sure, you might be the favorite one and a couple of people might love you, but then everyone hates you. You know, like, yeah, you're the favorite one by the measure of two people, but then everyone else is like, I hate you. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's interesting uh, you know, favorite people are, are, are interesting because, again, there's a confidence, there's a boldness, right? Uh, but it's kind of hard being the favorite. Uh, I kind of know stuff about that because that means that you are, you're also someone's worst enemy, okay? Uh, okay, let me, let me go into, you know, I know family is sensitive and my little sister's here, okay? So uh, <laughs> let's go into school. Does anyone here remember in school, like the teacher's pet? Yeah, you remember that student that always said the right things at the right time? The the student that is responsible, you know, and that they're always on their best behavior. And teacher, what about homework? It's like, shut up, you know? (laughs) You're forgetting about the quiz. And you're like, what are you doing? Isn't it interesting? 
with, with, with favorites, right? With good people. They're, they're being hated on because they're good. Like, that, isn't that fascinating to think that at school, everyone would hate on the person that is responsible? Isn't that crazy? You know, I've been, like, fascinated by this, you know, because, you know, we hate on those who are responsible and disciplined and that have good grades. And, and we hate on those who are, let's face it, they're smart enough to know how to win the teachers, that's their, that's their, their quality right there. And, and people hate on people that are good. I, I just find it fascinating that that is a thing that our world goes through. We hate on people that are good. We hate on people that are responsible. We hate, come on, in sports, we hate the favorite players, right? Like they're always really Oh, we call them arrogant. It's like, bro, no, they're good. <laughs> you know, we are always bashing on those who are calling all the shots, and they always end up, you know, like at the right team, and everyone else is like, you're horrible. And you're like, no, he's just good, you know. We hate on people that are good. I, I, I think if you, if you think about work, right, at work, we hate on those who get the promotions, what about them and why them and why not me? It's like, well, they're hard workers. They're not getting a promotion because they're good looks, you know? Like, if they get a promotion, if they get raises, if they get, you know, special treatment from the boss, because they must be doing something good. Come on, are you guys with me this morning? It's interesting how in our world we hate on people that are good. We hate on those people that are making a difference some way, somehow. And I just pray that as we're creating the life that God has for us, the best life available to us, I pray that we would create a different life. Say with me, different. I pray that we would create a different environment where we don't hate on people that are doing good. That we don't hate on people that are winning in life. Come on, could we become the kind of community and culture that, that we change that narrative? That when we see others win, we get joyful, we get happy, we celebrate with those who win. Come on, you're too quiet for me this morning. Come on. Can, can we be the kind of culture that we give people the benefit of the doubt? That if they're doing something right, we're like, well, they must be doing something sketchy on the side, you know? Like, you see people, like, getting new cars, and, and you're like, they must be hustling something, you know? <laughs> like, come on, can we just believe that people are doing good, that people are winning in life, and we can celebrate that? Can we be the kind of community that we just love on people and that we believe in people and we champion people? Can we be a kind of community that, that doesn't gossip? That we're not talking about people. What, what would happen if we become the kind of people that we just celebrate and love people? I love this phrase. Gossip stops when it gets to a mature person. Gossip, gossip stops when it gets to a mature person. Come on, I want to be that mature person. Anyone in this room? You know, I pray that we would be a community that just loves and empowers others. And I, and I just want to encourage some of us here, that if you've been being hated on lately, if you're at school and you're experiencing some bullying, that might just mean that you're doing something good. 
that must mean that there's some special favor in your life and people hate because they ain't you. <laughs> people hate us because they ain't us, okay? Like, uh, God is doing something in you and through you. And because of that, there are going to be some challenges and adversities that come your way. So the question is we're creating, right? How do you create when you're facing difficulties? How do you create while experiencing hate and hardships? You know, today we're going to talk about a story in the Bible of a young, a young man named Joseph. Can you say it with me? Joseph. Can you say Jojo. Jojo. And Joseph, he experienced crazy difficulties in his life. Uh, and and as, as he went through everything, he ended up creating a magnificent life despite of everything he faced. So we're going to take some principles from his life and we're going to learn. Uh, and, and we're going to read in the book of Genesis chapter 37. So it reads, when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flock. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Silpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Joseph had 11 brothers, so that means their parents had a lot of fun, okay? Uh, they had 11 siblings and Joseph was the favorite. Verse 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So you have this Joseph and his 11 siblings, and you have a father that had no wisdom at all, okay? This guy needed a parenting book because this man made it obvious that Joseph was the favorite one. You know, like you ask a parent here, like, oh, we have no favorites, right? Like that's wisdom, okay? Jacob had no wisdom. He was just, you're my favorite, and everyone here, you need to know he's a favorite. And if that didn't stop there, like, <laughs> Jacob goes, and let me just paint it this way, okay? This is the Sergio translation. Jacob goes and buys a Gucci coat and puts it on Joseph, and then he goes with the 11 other siblings and gets him a hoodie from Walmart, okay? Nothing against Walmart, but come on, if your siblings are getting Gucci and you're getting Walmart, I hope that you get upset at your dad, okay? <laughs> uh, so, so there's a big difference, right? So this parent is not helping out this man, Joseph, because he's making it obvious that he's a favorite that he's the loved one. And Joseph, come on, he plays into it. Joseph, he is telling on his siblings whenever they do something wrong. Come on, he's the smart one, right? He knows what he's doing. So the brothers hated Joseph. To take things to a whole other level, Joseph one day has a dream. And he goes and tells his siblings, hey, I had a dream. You all were bowing to me. It's like, bro, you don't say stuff like that, you know? It's like, you got the Gucci, 
cut it, you know, like, but he has to come and rub it in their faces, you know, that he had a dream and everyone's bowing to him. So one day, uh, the brothers go into working in the field and the dad tells Joseph, hey, go and check out what they're doing. So Joseph goes and walks to the fields to see what their siblings are doing. And we're going to pick up here on verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Come on, help me. <gasps> to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. You thought you had family drama? Come on, this is just like encouraging all in itself, okay? So Joseph gets there. They grab him. And they took the Gucci out, man. They strip him off of the Gucci coat and they throw him on this hole, on this pit. And I don't know if you have siblings, but if you have siblings, sometimes you can get aggressive and fight, you know. So I'm pretty sure Joseph was freaking out, man. Like these 11 dudes, I'm bringing me down. They're throwing me in the hole. I'm pretty sure he's freaking out. My coat, man, in the hole. And, and he's just going, he's losing it. But, but surely, you know, like they're playing, right? Like they're going to take me out of this hole. Like, come on, guys. Like, take me out. And up. But out of nowhere, Joseph in the hole, Joseph in the pit, he starts hearing his brothers talking about how they're going to kill him. Oh, man, the Bible's juicy. I'm telling you, this is, that's why you need to go to the Bible. This stuff is good. And I'm just giving you the, the fast version, okay? So you need to go check it out, Genesis chapter 37. So Joseph is there, and he's hearing, hey, let's kill him. Oh, no, but this. And they start debating about murdering him. Joseph is hearing all of this, and then out of nowhere, someone says, hey, you know, instead of killing him, let's sell, sell him as a slave. It's like, like, can you imagine being Joseph? Like, what is going on here? So that's what ends up happening. They sell Joseph into slavery. So he ends up becoming a slave to a man named Potiphar. He was an officer to Pharaoh in Egypt. So just picture this, right? You just went through this traumatic experience, this heartbreaking moment. I mean, he goes from being the favorite son to becoming a slave. He goes from love and affirmation to the siblings trying to kill him and ultimately selling him into slavery. Immediately after that, Joseph ends up becoming a slave, and he goes into Potter's, Potiphar's house, and, and this is what happens immediately next. In the middle of his trauma, Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of this Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. 
He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household's affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph goes through this traumatic event. He becomes a slave, and immediately what, what Joseph does is, where can I serve? What do I need to do? Let's go. It's incredible to me, and we're going to pick on some, some principles here from Joseph's life, but, but it is mind-blowing that in the middle of all of his despair, he still created an incredible life. Now, you would think this is where it all ends, right? But after that, you have Potiphar's wife. Someone say, who? Who? Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife was a little bit crazy, and she started developing some feelings, okay, towards Joseph. I'm telling you, you got to read the Bible, man. There's good stuff in there. I wish this was a movie, you know. Uh, out of nowhere, Potiphar's wife, she starts becoming lustful, okay, and starts looking at Joseph with lust and says, hey, Come and sleep with me. And Joseph is a man of integrity. And he tells the wife, no, I cannot do such a thing. That would be a great sin against God. So this lady, she goes crazy and makes up a story and ends up getting Joseph in trouble. So he goes now from being second in command from this house to going to prison. Genesis Chapter 39, verse 19 says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and cost everything he did to succeed. Mind-blowing story how in the midst of all of this hardship, in the middle of an unfair life, injustice, right, he still succeeds. And, and the story is just beautiful, right? Because out of the prison, Joseph, through a series of events, he ends up going to the palace and he ends up becoming the second in command out of a whole nation, the nation of Egypt. So it's just this mind-blowing story. And my prayer is that we could live that kind of life, that through the highs and the lows of life, we can still create a beautiful life. If we go through betrayals and hardships and things that are unfair, that we can still create a beautiful life. So the question is, how can you create while going through the challenges of injustice, pain, hurt, rejection, and adversity? 
What, what can we learn from the life of Joseph? Jo- Joseph created despite of. He created despite of so many different things and circumstances and emotions. And I just want to ask you today as a sort of exercise for you, what is your despite of? If you were to fill in the blank for yourself, what is it that you are facing? What what kind of betrayals? What kind of injustice are you experiencing? Is there some sickness or infirmities that you're navigating or a loved one? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it that someone wronged you? Is it that life just pretty much hasn't been good to you? What would your fill-in-the-blank be? What would your despite of be? What I want to encourage you today is with these four things. That despite whatever you're facing, there's four things that I see in the life of Joseph. And number one, it is that Joseph, he created with God's spirit. So create with God's spirit. As you create the life that God has for you, can I just encourage you, create with God's spirit. Don't create in your own efforts, in your own abilities, in your own wisdom, in your own experience. Come on, we are limited. But if we create through God's Spirit, the sky is the limit. Come on, if you create through God's wisdom, what could your life look like? Joseph was changed in condition. He was changed in position. He was changed from being the favorite one to be in a pit, but nothing changed his spirit. Life can change everything about you, but don't allow it change your spirit. Let your spirit be aligned to God's spirit. Though he was separated from his earthly father, nothing could separate him from his heavenly father. And life can never separate you from your heavenly father. Doesn't matter what you go through. Doesn't matter what challenges you face. Can you make a commitment to yourself? I am going to create with God's spirit. I am going to create with God in my life. Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded. What would happen if you claim this promise for your life? That your life is a testimony of the Lord was was with Sergio. Come on, can you become a little selfish today and say, that is my promise. The Lord is with me. And if God is with me, then who or what can be against me? Come on, I want to challenge you today. To create not in your own abilities or wisdom. Create with God's spirit on the inside of you. Come on, can you have God as a strong foundation for your life? Can I I encourage you, create with God's spirit. Create with this awareness and knowledge that God's spirit is about a relationship. God wants a relationship with you and I. This is not a, you know, Sunday thing, check off the list, right? I'm good. No, this whole thing is about a relationship with God. Create by going to Him every single day. 
create by, by, by seeking him, by understanding him, by opening up the Bible and figuring out who God is. Who is God? And, and you read through the Bible and you learn about who he is and his promises and his character and his intent for us. Create by, by spending time in his presence and in prayer, not once a week, but an everyday thing. For some, this is a, oh man, that's super basic. I know that. One thing is knowing that. Another thing is living under that. Do you live under the awareness that God wants a relationship with you? And for some here, you've never heard of this concept of having a relationship with God, but that is what he wants for your life, to have a beautiful and deep relationship with him. For you to go to his presence and listen to worship music and filling your mind with his truth by going to church and being involved in a life-giving community. You know, there's this phrase, that, that it says, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And some of us, we want to understand more of God. We genuinely desire more of God. But we don't have space to understand Him more. Everything that we consume is filling up our minds. Everything that we are allowing in here determines what we are. What would happen if we just make room for God to infiltrate our heart, mind, and soul? What would happen if we replace a lot of the things that we entertain up here with His promises and His truth? Come on, create with the Lord. Create with God's Spirit. He is a strong foundation. Number two is create with service. Say with me, create. Come on, say, create with service. Genesis chapter 39, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served. As he served. Joseph got into this situation and he said, where can I serve? What do I need to do? Who needs help? How can I help someone around here? Can you imagine what would happen in your marriage this year if you approached your marriage with this heart of service? If you just approach your marriage and you just go, what do you need? How can I serve you? I really believe 50% of your problems would go away because 50%... 100% of our problems are, are, what can you do for me? This is what I need. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing, you know, you're not telling me this. You're not doing, you're not touching me. You're not, do, you know, it's, it's me, 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 base. What would happen if we just change the narrative and we just go, how can I serve you? How can I be there for you? What do you need with your family, with your kids, in your community? What would happen if you just approached life with a how can I serve? At work, what would happen if you get to work tomorrow and you just go, who needs something? Who needs something? Who, who needs help here? Your life would radically change forever. What would happen if at a restaurant, 
Instead of just expecting for us to be served, we go, hey, how, how can I serve our server? How can I encourage? How can I, how can I love? How can I impact? Come on, this is the key of life to serve. If we are able to get this, come on, like we would create our dream life. You want to create your dream life? Serve. You want to change the narrative in your life and the circumstances and the challenges. Just have this mindset of I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve if I'm betrayed. I'm going to serve if I'm loved. I'm going to serve if I'm hated. I'm going to serve if I'm a slave. I'm going to serve if I'm a master. I'm going to serve come hell or high water. I'm going to serve at the hospital. I'm going to serve in my everyday life. Come on. Can you create despite of with an attitude and a posture of service? You know, Jesus came and he exemplified this. Jesus comes and tells us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, instead, whoever wants to become great, come on, we all want to become great. We all want the dream life, right? So whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. This is the key, family. If we have an attitude of service, we already changed this whole narrative. Well, come on, beautiful team, Somos, right? I already serve on Sundays. Great. What about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about in your home, in your family, in your everyday life? Now, I love that Joseph became a leader, not because he wanted to be a leader. He became a leader because he said, where can I serve? And isn't it interesting that a lot of people who want to be leaders, they don't become leaders, and they live their lives frustrated? And I believe it's because they're getting leadership wrong. Leadership is about serving. When you see someone that's a leader behind them, man, they're the greatest service. The, the, the people that make the greatest impact in history are people that at the forefront of their life is serving others. What will happen in our lives if we just serve one another? Come on, become the greatest by being the greatest servant, no matter what you are facing. Come on, this helping someone? Yeah, number three, you're like, I don't know if I like it, but you know, like <laughs> it's principles, right? Like, and if you apply them, you will see life in your everyday living, okay? So number three, create, this one uh, is, is, is a good one, okay? Create with no excuses. Create with no excuses. When I look at the life of Joseph, he could have, he should have had a million excuses, Come on, he could have, he could have just given up, just surrendered, depressed because of the hardships of life, not taking another step any day. And I wouldn't judge him because he went through excruciating pain. But Joseph, despite of everything that happened to him, he made no excuses. Joseph was responsible. He had a character. And I love 
Joseph because he just went at it. And he didn't only go at life, he succeeded in everything that he did. Everything he did was like, man, there's gold in there, right? It's beautiful. And I believe it's because of this. He changed his relationship with excuses. And that is one thing that I really pray for all of us here today, that we would change our relationship with our excuses. Come on, can we be honest? Don't we have a lot of excuses? Like every day, it's almost like you don't even have to think about your excuses. Like, hey, did you go to the gym today? Well, let's kiss uh, the bed, you know? Oh, the pillow. Oh, you know, like the weather. Oh, like some were like, I don't even have excuses anymore. It's like, ah, I didn't go, you know? In our everyday life, right? It's like, we don't need to make it. like, eh, you know? This, so-and-so. Your boss comes, asks you something. Well, you didn't tell me. Just excuses, left and right right? They come natural. They come easy. And I pray that we could change our relationship with excuses. What if you change the perspective of instead of excuses, going to excellence? So every single time that you see an excuse rising up, that you just reframe yourself and go, no, I'm going to be excellent. This is an opportunity for me to be excellent. Whenever you have an excuse, could it be an opportunity for excellence? Can you change your relationship and see it as an invitation to be excellent in your life? Can you see every excuse as an opportunity? You know, Joseph had no experience in managing an Egyptian household of an officer but he went in there and he just he he just did everything with excellence to the point that this guy was like hey take take over joseph had no experience in how to manage a prison but he went in there and he made no excuse he learned he figured it out he had a can do attitude not a can't do he had a a a mindset of i'm not going to be a problem bringer i'm going to be a problem solver i'm going to do everything unto the lord i'm going to do things with excellence so he as a prisoner he learned everything and he was in charge come on no one taught joseph how to be in charge of a whole nation and he became the second person in command of a whole nation. He made no excuses. He had no experience. He figured it out because he carried a spirit of excellence. Can you be excellent in your responsibilities at home, at marriage, and finances? Come on, excellent in having initiative. Excellent in the things that you don't know learning them and figure them out. Come on, say with me, I'm going to create this year. Come on, say with me again, I'm going to create this year with no excuses. Come on, you can record that and tell your spouse when you're in a fight, create with no excuses. <laughs> Last, uh, I want to close with, with this one. What would happen if this year you create with identity? You create with identity. What, what I see in the life of Joseph is that he knew who he was. He knew who, 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 who he was, the identity he had. You know, when you study the life of Joseph, 
you see how from a young age, from the moment he was born, he had his father, Jacob, loving him, encouraging him, making a difference from someone else. He covered him different. He loved him different. He made known to the whole world that he was special. The kind of affirmation that Joseph had impacted him forever. He grew up from being a child knowing that he was loved, that he was favored, that he was blessed. He knew, I am the son, I am the favorite. Like, everyone can hate me, but I know who I am. He was defined by his father. His dad made it known that he was special. He made it known that he was special. He was affirmed and loved in such a way that despite of all the circumstances that he faced, he remained strong, creating, because he knew, I'm a son. It doesn't matter if I'm in the pit, I'm a son. It doesn't matter if I am a slave, I'm a son, I'm special. I'm unique. It doesn't matter if I'm in a prison. I know who I am. My dad knows who I am. I know I'm special. I know I'm something else. You know, his life was forever impacted by his dad's affirmation and encouragement. And I know that for a lot of us, we maybe didn't grow up with that kind of love and affirmation. A lot of us, we didn't grow up with the kind of radical encouragement and love and covering of having that treatment from a young age till today. And we grow up a little bit different. We grow up with a little bit of insecurities. Circumstances happen and they shake us. Why? Because maybe we don't have that strong identity of knowing, hey, my dad is with me. He's for me. You know, some of us, we grow up just feeling like we lack something because we didn't grow up with an earthly father like this that would made it know that you're loved, made it know that you're special. You just try to figure out life as you went, you try to figure things out. You went through adversities and try to pick yourself up with whatever. And we start defining our identity through our job, our friendships, or relationships. We look to many different places to place our identity in. The beautiful thing about God is that he calls us sons and daughters. That if you had or you didn't have that kind of earthly father, you have a heavenly father that wants to do that for you. That he is that for you. That's why God established this whole thing as a relationship. Because that's what he wants for you to know that you're special. He wants you to know that you are loved. 
He wants you to know that you're loved and blessed and highly favored, that there's no one like you. Whenever you go through hardships and circumstances and you go through sin and the worst of the worst of your days, he doesn't see that. He sees past that. He sees you. And he calls you son and daughter. So whenever you and I start to create based on our identity as sons and daughters of God, everything changes because you just know. You know through relationship. You know that you are in right standing with Him. You know the encouragement and the affirmation that He has for you on a daily basis. I believe that our Heavenly Father, every single day, He's like, I love you. I believe in you. Come on, let's go. Make no excuses. Build with me. Build through me. I believe that your Heavenly Father is every day. Come on, what's in your hands? Do it with excellence. I know you, God. It. I know it's in you. I know that you are talented and you have the right things to succeed in life. I believe that your heavenly father champions you every single day, but we drift away and we try to base our, create our identity in a million other ways. In a million other ways. And our heavenly father is like, come on, I'm here. I'm for you. You can do it. You don't have to allow those things to bring you so low in order for you to be like, God, come and do something. Can I encourage you today and for this year to catch a vision in your life to say, man, like, I need to fill my mind with what God says. I need to lean on my identity as a son and daughter of God. Can, can I challenge you? In this way, can you let go of the past and, and stop thinking, wanting, wishing something you didn't receive? And can you just say, man, like, I know maybe I didn't grow up like that, but I do know that I can make a decision today to say, I am going to allow the affirmations and love for my Heavenly Father to completely change me from the inside and out. Can you stand with me as we close today? Can you create this year knowing that God deeply loves you? He really, really does. He deeply, deeply loves you. John 3.16 says this is how God loved the world. How God loved you, that he gave his one and only son, so that you, as you believe in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. God loves you. He wants the best for you. And I know that sometimes it's hard to believe and to receive because we know us. We know our deficiencies. We know our messes. We know the things that haunt us. But God sees way deeper than that. He sees you. He loves you. So God, I just pray today that you would redefine our identity, who we are in you. God, I pray that you would restore our innocence as sons and daughters. 
There's some hurts. There's some betrayals. There's some things that you face that stole a lot from you. And I believe God is saying today, hey, look back at me. Look to me. Allow him to restore your identity. God, I pray for all of us here that we would see you the way you are, Lord. And that we would get insight and perspective of how you see us. God, I pray that our identity would be defined in you. That doesn't matter what happens in us, around us, through us, Lord. That we know that we can stand strong and firm. Because you are for us and you are not against us. God, I pray that we would know your promises and your truth, God. That. All things work together for good to those who are in Christ Jesus. If today you've never given your life to follow Jesus, to surrender to Him, and today you just feel, hey, today's my day. Today's my day of salvation. Today's my day of surrender. Today's my day that I just allow God to take over my life. You've never done that before or you did at some point and you just know that you just completely let go of that and today you want to recommit your life to follow him if that's you today everyone with their eyes closed no one's looking can you just raise your hand up to heaven and say Jesus I need you come into my life and save me save me for eternity's sake and save me for my everyday life Lord I will follow you in Jesus name Amen and amen. Come on, family. Can we give it up for our Heavenly Father that loves us deeply? Hey, you are loved. You are loved. And my prayer is that this year you would walk with confidence knowing that you're deeply loved by your Heavenly Father. Amen. Hey, have an incredible, incredible rest of your week. And we'll see you next week for a brand new series. Love y'all. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.